Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week Live, celebrating our Sustainability Month. I'm Claire. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined today by Erin Sedlak, who is the Sustainability Manager at Brentag. Wonderful to have you here, Erin. Today's event is sponsored by Brentag. Brentag is the global market leader in chemicals and ingredients distribution. The company holds a central role in connecting customers and suppliers of the chemical industry. Headquartered in Essen, Germany, Brentag has more than 17,000 employees worldwide and operates a network of more than 670 sites in 77 countries. In 2020, Brentag generates sales of around 11.8 billion euro. The two global divisions, Brentag Essentials and Brentag Specialties, provide a full-line portfolio of industrial and specialty chemicals and ingredients, as well as tailor-made application, marketing, and supply chain solutions, technical and formulation support, comprehensive regulatory know-how, and digital solutions for a wide range of industries. In the field of sustainability, Brentag pursues specific goals and is committed to sustainable solutions in its own sector and the industry served. Great. Thanks, Claire and Erin. Thanks again for joining us today. Um, we're really excited to get to know you a little bit better and talk a little bit about your experience. So we always kick off these interviews, um, inviting you to introduce yourself to those listening in and to our community. Tell us a little bit about your background uh, and how you came into your current role. But what I also want to kind of add to that is an acknowledgement of the work ethic that we've come to know uh, in our preparation conversations with you, Erin. So um, wanting to understand, you know, who has influenced you or what has influenced your drives throughout your career journey and what has gotten you to your current role today. Um, so I'm Erin Sedlak, I'm the Sustainability Manager for Brentag. I report to our Vice President of Sustainability in Germany. Uh, my responsibilities cover North America as well as a few global projects related to responsible supply chain. And I am also a North American lead for our DEI journey and community involvement, including being a co-lead for our Water for People partnership. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in communications with a concentration in marketing and a, con a certificate of corporate sustainability from NYU Stern of Business. I started in distribution during an internship in college uh, for a beer distribution company, and I stayed after graduation. Shortly after, I moved to Philadelphia and worked for a slightly larger beer distributor with the same model as Brentech. Um, I had a few different roles during that time, marketing assistant and a sales administrative coordinator. Um, in June 2010, I started at Brentag North America. I started as a marketing specialist, then I moved into a commercial analyst role, a sourcing project manager role, and then a sustainability manager. So during my time as a sourcing project manager, I became a point of contact for North America for our Together for Sustainability membership. And I attended quarterly meetings, which became more apparent that sustainability wasn't a trend and was here to stay. And we needed to start taking a leadership role and take action. So over time, I convinced uh, my leadership team that sustainability needed to have a dedicated resource. And so January, 2020, I started that role. So we talk about the work ethic and it's always been a strong, part of myself. Um, I've always done that and pushed boundaries uh, on the pathway in which I was told that I should do things. My parents have always 
been a large influence in me for that from a very early age, especially my father. Um, he always showed me how to identify things like problems, whether it would be with my car or how to build a deck or do lots of yard work. Um, but he also showed me how to treat people regardless of their status in a company and encouraged me to push boundaries in a respectful manner. Uh, my parents didn't do much schooling past high school, um, but they still managed to you know, be quite successful. My dad became a facilities manager at a school district before him and my mom um, started their own business, which my mom still does. Um, so I saw their hard work pay off, but learned that having that baseline college education was critical as time moved on. Great. So lots of good commentary here that we'll dig into with some of the other questions that are to come, Erin. But we want to focus a little bit on your love for sustainability and kind of learn from you how that got started and what drives your continued passion. So you mentioned that, you know, you worked to convince your leadership team that sustainability was kind of here to stay um, and created a dedicated resource, which became your role, right? So can we talk a little bit about um, how that passion within you came to be, how you acknowledged or recognized the importance of sustainability and the, longe the longevity of acknowledging that sustainability is something that requires a full-time role, a team, a global team, and a global reach, things like that. Yes. Uh, so... So I've always wanted uh, to be helping the community. It's always been part of, of who I am. Uh, it started again at an early age, um, really just continued to grow and uh, get deeper in high school, college, and um, with learning about experiences that other people had. And so it became my goal and my, my dream to kind of integrate work and community involvement in my career. And thankfully, since working at Rentag, I've been able to do that to various levels. So I enjoy doing good and being part of making things better. So I would say that's the, the passion part. Um, getting them, I don't know, getting people to understand that it wasn't going anywhere. I don't know if there's any magic recipe. It was trying to share, you know, things that I've learned either from, you know, notes from different meetings. Uh, you know, some of them are our customers or also our suppliers. So sharing the things that they would share during meetings and being like, this is, you know, we're at a, an area where this can benefit us if we take more of a leadership role and get ahead of it before we're basically told to. And so it didn't take as much convincing as I, I <laughs> thought, but then still, you know, it was um, having different conversations and showing. I also did it for quite a number of years with it being part of my role. So uh, demonstrated it that way. So, uh, yeah. I think this is interesting. And I think that, or I hope that, you know, those listening in might have some follow-up questions when we open up uh, the discussion to the community and those listening in, because I think there's a lot to be said, Erin, about your ability to communicate effectively what that gap is and communicate effectively the importance of making sure that that gap was filled. So I commend you and your ability to sit here and reflect what you, you know, shared was that gap and to fill that gap. So um interested to take that conversation a little bit further later on today, but I want to give Claire a second if you have any additional comments to add to what we've heard from Erin so far as well. 
Uh, I just love that you advocated for your passion, but then also supporting your your customers and your suppliers needs and passions and really um, challenging that. So I think that's fantastic. I'm curious with sustainability, I find that it's obviously like a, a like the it's a long-term progress. So you know, touching on your communication skills and your motive, like being able to motivate others, like how do you keep that momentum going and that passion for others, um, even though it's, you know, a further out target most of the time? So I'll at least say as far as how I try to keep the updates going within the company and, and trying to keep their passion and interest, or I'll say their interest, um, I try to communicate in, in short methods of, of what is going on, you know, some trends. So might be short little things saying like these new regulations are coming. And then I usually link to something to get them more information, but I've learned in dealing with, um, various levels of executives to keep it short and sweet and provide them with additional reading material if they want to learn more. Uh, so I would also do the same thing as I get um, customer requests or I have supplier meetings. I try to give them short little updates to say these ones happened and to show the growing trend that um, more customers, more suppliers are of interest. There's more regulations coming. Um, to, but trying to use what I've learned in my previous roles of, of how they operate in the business to uh, integrate sustainability into it and use the same methods. So I don't come at it from a purely sustainability um, objective to say, well, we should have nothing but bio-based products and get rid of everything else. Cause I know if it was that simple, we'd all do it. It would be easy and it's just not. So try to come at it with a different lens and make it less scary and less overwhelming. I like the idea between or about, I guess, keep it short and sweet and providing that additional context for those that are, you know, willing and able to dive deeper into that, but to get those key messages out there and to do that in the near term and be a, a bit more consistent with those updates seems a little bit more palatable as like a consumer of that information myself. So I like that advice. Thanks, Erin. Good question, Claire. Um, so Aaron, wanting to talk a little bit about your career journey and how you transitioned from multiple roles within Brentig to this newly created role um, and entering into this career of sustainability. So can we talk a little bit about what that tr transition was like um, by moving from more commercial capacities into what has now become this new role for you? Sure. The uh, transition was filled with mixed emotions. Um, the projects I was working on were mine from the beginning and they were just starting to gain more traction and I really didn't want to give them up. I even tried to see if I could figure out how to keep all of it, uh, it didn't work. So um, I did have a huge amount of imposter syndrome, um, didn't feel like I knew enough about all the facets of sustainability and really who would take me serious. But I did remind myself of the benefit I had from you know, knowing the business, the people, that I work with and how to best communicate and try to integrate the topic within the existing framework. And I was supported um, by the company to receive my corporate sustainability certificate. And then those existing connections also allowed me opportunities to begin to teach 
um, my colleagues about sustainability. I believe for sustainability to be successful, it's critical to know the business and their challenges and the opportunities and, and collaboration. Um, so I meet with, you know, directors and vice presidents of different departments on a very regular basis, about every month and a half to share what I'm working on, what our corporate goals are, what they're working on, and um, also helping to identify that so many things that we do in our industry, we're already doing. And if you add that sustainability lens, there's already quite a bit of progress. And so I try to learn what they're doing and also bring like an example to say, well, that's sustainability because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. I like this idea around engaging your key stakeholders, so those business leaders, because what it does is it helps them to buy into what you are trying to communicate to their teams and it puts some of the ownership on them because they're bought into it, they're involved, they're helping to disseminate this message. So I think that that's a great little snippet of advice um, and I also think that you are saying it right and that you have these transferable skills from some of your prior roles and that you understand the business, right? So you're taking advantage of some of the ins and outs that you understand how the business operates, how you can communicate effectively to these teams and where you can really make a difference. And so um, I appreciate the effort that you're taking to kind of take advantage of what these skills are that you already have and applying those to this newly created role. Claire, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I echo your comments. I think it's fantastic. You're kind of looking for the relevancy and well, how does it tie into their jobs being more effective too, right? And like leveraging what you already have. So I think that's fantastic. I'm curious for the community, how did you decide like what certification to pursue, you know, for anyone that might be interested in expanding their education? Um, Just So for me, I... Yeah, I have two kids and a husband and a house and full-time job. And it was also the start of COVID. Uh, so I looked for something that was remote. Um, I felt starting one certificate was uh, a good way to get a baseline overview. And, um, you know, I looked around and there, it wasn't too bad of a program or anything. And it was a no name. And there it really just kind of worked out well and fit into that. So I would look at a couple. I know Green Biz does have a partnership with like ASU and there are quite a few more colleges and universities out there that have different certificates and degrees, but you do have to look, they're not all out there. And I also didn't want something that was purely sustainability. I wanted it almost more like, um, business with the sustainability lens. And since that's not completely out there, at least when I looked before I went with the certificate. Thanks, Erin. Good question, Claire. So on the topic of sustainability, Erin, I think we're all a little curious to understand from your perspective how you would define what sustainability means. Mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit further into that definition, what would you like to see uh, from a sustainability perspective from this chemical industry that we play in? And how can our community do more? Oh. So defining sustainability is always the key question. I always get asked, like, you just want like, one quick sentence, like one like sheet, one slide. I'm like, I can't. I wish I could, but it's just not that easy. Um, 
really in today's meaning, sustainability refers to all facets of a company. So environmental impact, how they treat their employees, uh, who they partner with, how ethical they are, you know, and can they even prove all the claims that they say about themselves. So I try to make the connection of thinking of yourself as your consumer and which brands you choose to buy. So when you're looking at the groceries shelf, you go with the cheapest, which some will certainly do. Um, I know I do sometimes, but then you also go and look at, well, this brand, um, you know, they use recyclable packaging or, you know, they want to know where the products come from, um, what's in the product that they're buying. Sometimes they, you know, a lot more customers are looking for if their workers are being treated fairly, if they're getting paid fairly, um, no child labor, you know, we look at things like Mika or complex minerals, we'll make sure there's nothing going on in the mines that, you know, is, mm -hmm. is not fair and it's not, you know, basic human rights. So all of those questions that us as consumers are wanting to know is one of the leading causes of why there's an increased uh, transparency need of our companies because you know the targets the walmarts they're not going to get those answers unless supply chain that gives it the product answers them so i try to liken it to really how the things that we want to know as consumers is directly connected to what we're being asked of as companies so that's really what i'd like to see more in the industry is transparency and collaboration. So as you said, sustainability is a journey. There's really no quick one size fits all and everything has some sort of impact. So right now it's a lot of trial and even error to find the solution that works best for your company. And, you know, I, I think of it like safety. We're a very safety conscious in industry and we didn't get to our individual goals alone. We share best practices and we figure out what works best for our company and we implement it. And I think that's where sustainability needs to go if we have any chance of reaching our company's sustainability goals. So I think as far as the community, um, you know, how we can contribute is by sharing what we learn. So maybe one way is like on our community forums, asking the community maybe how are they responding to specific situations like you know, we're getting a lot of these types of requests, you know, what have you found, things like that. And then um, sharing what we have with the community. Uh, for example, like I get quite a few sales reps that will ask if I can talk to their customer about Ecovadas or about sustainability. It's something we're requesting from them. It's just they're interested in learning more and they know we have it. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we share what we can. Definitely. Lots of good nuggets of information there. Um, I've got a couple of things bolded in my notes that I want to call out that are key takeaways for me. Um, you talk a little bit about transparency and providing that as much as you can. And I have, in my experience in the industry, it noticed historically it's been relatively behind closed doors, some of that important information. And I would say over time, we're starting to realize the importance of being a bit more visible, a bit more transparent, like you said. And I think that a key thing that comes with being transparent is trustworthiness. So you get trustworthiness that comes from your 
suppliers, trustworthiness that comes from your consumers that you're trying to, you know, put yourself in their shoes a little bit. And it builds this collaborative community, like you've indicated there. And so it's all these pieces coming together to just create an even stronger sense of, you know, a collaborative community to help move the needle on sustainability and all of these, you know, large aspects of sustainability. I think there's a lot to be done and a lot of involvement that's required to even move the needle a little bit. So to create a space of trustworthiness and collaboration is super important. So I think you're hitting on some really key uh, concepts for us that we can actually action, which I appreciate too. Claire, any comments before I jump to the next question there? No, I think you said it perfectly. And I think it's just, it's when you think of the value chain, it's it's we the collaboration is so important right because we're so reliant all the way up the value chain and down the value chain and impacts across the way so I think that was a fantastic call out so thank you for sharing that great so Erin you mentioned this um, echo bodice uh, I want to spend a little bit of time sharing some more information and selfishly for me to learn a little bit more as well so um, Brentig recently reached what's called platinum status for Ecobotis. So huge congratulations to Brentag and your teams and your efforts on that. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about what Ecobotis is and what your journey has been to get this status? And then what is the key to the success that you've reached? Sure. So Ecobotis is a third party company that basically reviews what each company says about themselves. They'll check the proof points that the company provided and report um, if a company is really doing what they're saying they're doing. So if we say we're doing X, Y, Z, we provide the guideline or the documentation um, and then they'll check it and say, okay, Brent Hag is really doing this, but they can still improve here. And so they'll do that. They have like ISO certifications. The documentation is uh, confidential unless us as the customer want to share it. So it's... Um, Really, it's just a, a proof point to say, you know, from a third party, yeah, you're, you're doing what you're saying you're doing. And then they provide guidance of areas that you can improve. So we've been completing EchoVadis assessments since 2014, and it has been a journey. We most certainly didn't start at the level we are at now. It's up time and again, collaboration. Um, a lot of times what happens is the first time or two you complete an assessment, you don't do it in a very comprehensive manner. Things are left out because one person filling out an assessment cannot know everything that the company is doing. So the best thing is to have maybe a point person and then each representative from the departments re like reply with the answers. Mm -hmm. So get the um, questions, you can put them in an Excel file, get the answers and then you know put them in there. So definitely many people filling out the assessments the best way for success. And then a little bit I noted already, but documentation. So a lot of people don't want to put documentation because then they're concerned about confidentiality. And I can tell you, you can't see anything. I mean, there'll be people who share their score with us. I go in, I can only see documents that they want to share, which most of them are the public ones that they would share anyway, like a code of conduct or a sustainability report. So it's very confidential. But without those proof points, Echovadas can't review your response. And then the third area, which I believe was our key to success, is continual improvement. So we, re re we review our assessment um, 
we meet with an Equivatus client manager and then our vice president of sustainability and our board pushes the company to keep advancing. So with mm -hmm. all of those efforts, I think that's where we continue to, to grow. It's great. I think it certainly is acknowledged as a key priority of the company with all of those key stakeholders and those sponsors of ensuring that these activities are not only completed, but always evaluated and continuously improved. So that whole process and that cycle continues. It sounds like some great sponsorship and continued sponsorship. So you said, you know, you didn't start there in 2014, certainly, but you've come a long way uh, in terms of getting the, the right folks involved and the, the acknowledgement and the recognition of the importance to prioritize. So that's great. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, Erin, your experience throughout the majority of your career in which, you know, we've discussed a little bit where largely you have been the only female until recently. Um, what has that experience been like for you? What have those challenges and opportunities been as a result of this dynamic? And then what improvements have you seen um, throughout the pursuit of your career? So it's been challenging to say the least. <laughs> Um, and even though our sustainability department, we are primarily females, uh, the majority of the business in which we have to influence is still predominantly male. Um, the challenges are much the same as any of us would face, the being ignored, talking over, um, going over our heads to our bosses, not being taken seriously. Um, yeah, I've been in those meetings where what I say is completely ignored. And then my male colleague says the exact same thing and their idea is the greatest thing ever. Um, but through all those challenges, I worked to try to kind of manage my emotions <laughs> um, the best I can, stay strong and, and confident in myself and my abilities. And it hasn't all been bad. Uh, very fortunate for myself that most of those challenges were minimal compared to the opportunities I had, although those opportunities I don't believe are solely because of, of my gender. Uh, much of my career with Brentag, I've worked for just a couple of people. Um, so we developed a friendship. Um, we were transparent and had a level of trust in each other. And, you know, they were very supportive, you know, of me during like my maternity leave and working from home when I needed it well before it was even close to a norm or there was any policy. So like when I had my, my babies, I was the only female at that stage in my life in the, the office we were at. So I felt like I had to pave my own way and communicate what I needed and work with my manager. Um, so their flexibility created a deeper loyalty in me and, and friendship. Um, I also felt that loyalty that it developed in the tenure I had in the department with those same few managers, increased the support I received and uh, has given me the platform, like along with my sustainability journey to, you know, to lead like our DEI journey uh, in partnership with our human resource department. And um, as far as what I've seen, I've seen incredible amounts of improvement and it's exciting. I think sharing our stories is the best way to learn, to see things from different perspectives, uh, which drives growth, patience, kindness, and, and understanding. I love that, sharing your story. That's exactly what we're here to do. So thank you for being vulnerable and, and honest with our community and those listening in and willing to share your story today, Erin. Um, I also really like your perspective. So I, you mentioned you've, you've had challenges and you acknowledge those, and those are very real, but what you're 
what I'm picking up is that your perspective is that, you know, those challenges are minimal because the opportunities that you've had is what you focused on and all of the great things that have come as a result of that. Um, I think it's really easy to get, you know, weighed down on some of those challenges, right? Um, but to recognize that you do have a seat at the table and to keep pushing forward is super important. And I think that that's a really great mindset to carry with you. Claire, any comments? I think just the other thing that I took away from your comments, Erin, is just making sure that you find and foster those relationships with those and, and advocate for one another. So I think that was great share. So thank you. Yeah. Great. So Erin, you mentioned a little bit about your journey of, of becoming a mom and how you were the only female at that stage of life when you were having your babies um, and how, you know, you do have a perception that you were treated well, which led to, you know, a developed loyalty that you have with Brentag because of those experiences, which I think is great. Um, can we talk a little bit about what your experience has been like as, you know, a working mom, managing this career, stepping into a newly created role, um, and what advice you might have to share with some working moms that might be listening in? Sure. Um, being a working parent is a lot of being pushed and pulled in different directions all at the same time. Um, one side, you have your career where you have people saying, if you want to move ahead, you have to change your title and jobs every two to three years, which results in more responsibility, travel, work, maybe relocation. And on the other side, you know, maybe other stay-at-home parents where you left feeling like you need to be home more or guilty for working and traveling. And there's no magical solution in my opinion. And I honestly don't think there's any magical work-life balance. I think some days work needs more attention and some days life does. And each day I just do the best I can and try to be more forgiving of myself when I don't get something done, especially at the level I want it to be completed at. Um, I had to kind of uh, be less critical, I'll say, which I'm still working on. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of some things that worked for me uh, to share. And Honestly, I mean, since my husband and I both work, we really try to skip the gender roles and tag team whatever needs to be done. And honestly, without him, and I mean, he's been my biggest supporter. So without him doing anything that's needed to manage the household or manage things while I'm away, I mean, that's critical. Um, second would be I communicate with my boss. Uh, like I said, it was paving that way and, you know, understanding that on some of the bigger challenges that we face as parents, I explained it and also the solution. So for example, the first five years of my uh, kid's life, so started with my daughter and then I had my son, my in-laws watched them and they lived about 40 minutes from us in one direction and work was about 25 minutes in the opposite direction mm. from home base. So I would meet my father-in-law every morning in the middle of his house and mine, drop the kids off, and then get to work. And since many days there would often be traffic issues and I would potentially be late, I thought it best to be transparent and I explained the entire situation and what the plan was. So my boss knew I was doing everything I could to get to, to work on time, but some days it just wasn't possible. So that really helped, you know, manage mm -hmm there. Uh, also, as the kids got into school, I work with other working parents or actually not even working parents, just other parents 
that if there's something going on in the kids' classroom because it's during the workday, <laughs> you know, we'll share. And if one person can make it and the other one can't, we'll take videos and pictures and we'll send them to each other. Um, my kids got older. My husband would have them like FaceTime me and we'll send videos back and forth when we travel. Um, my daughter would text me on her iPad and mm -hmm. kind of helped out. Um, and for school when they send you all like the hey can you donate this or do these tasks I try to sign up like right away because then I get the easy ones like papers you know napkins and plates and things like that uh, I do work odd hours if life took too much of my work day and then uh, as my kids get older I try keyword is try to get them to you know be part of the cleanup process and take mm -hmm. more responsibility and then honestly, I'm very blessed to be able to count on my mom to help um, when the schedules are just too much. So uh, I would try to say not to get pushed and pulled too much, listen to yourself and do what's best for you and your family, even if it means staying in one role longer than some say you should and be forgiving of yourself when something inevitably drops. I, I want to keep those comments as they are. I want to see, Claire, if you have any other comments or kind of relationary topics to discuss. No, I mean, it's, I'm just going to take that with me and just giving yourself the grace as a mom myself, like newer, not mom. I mean, it's, you couldn't have said it better, Erin, of like, you just have to do what you can in whatever roles and try to make up for the best of it at the other times. So thank you for sharing that. I think you captured it perfectly. Yeah, I really appreciate how action-oriented they are. I, mm -hmm. I appreciate the effort you took, Erin, to really define some of these things that people can actually do. Um, that's great. So Erin, we're kind of coming to the end of the more formal part of the, the interview here, but I want to close out uh, and offer up the space for you to share any advice you might have in addition to what you've already shared to us today. Um, any recommendations for our, the women in our community, uh, any mottos or mantras to share podcasts, books, really it's the space for you to share anything in your closing comments. Yeah, so I was trying to think, and honestly, I mean, I think a lot of us, I get very envious of people who have a lot of free time. I, I do not, um, but when I do, I try to read lighthearted books, not necessarily mm -hmm. like happy, but quick read, something to keep my interest. Um, so I usually go like the Reese Witherspoon book list. There's a lot of mm. quick light reads for me. Um, and then this is not a friendly, like family, kid-friendly podcast, but uh, it does make me laugh most times. Uh, so it's called Have Kids Say Say. And it's quite, I don't know, it's the fun, the more real side of parenting. Sometimes I will give a disclaimer. It's definitely not kid-friendly, um, <laughs> but you know, make you laugh. And so Beyond that, I guess advice I would say, and I'm telling myself this too, take uh, daily breaks from social media. <laughs> uh, no one needs to constantly see people who appear to have it all together when in reality, we're all just trying to do the best we can and that is good enough. Um, and along with that podcast, I try to watch things or uh, listen to things that make me laugh and see the more real side of life. And um, I would also say to everyone's going to take a minute to say thank you. Uh, thank you to your managers who have helped support you, your support system, your kids, your pets, yourself for being flexible because it's a crazy busy world. Mm -hmm. 
Great. Very well said, Erin. And I'm going to take a second to say thank you for taking the time out of your day today to join us and share, you know, with those listening in in our community, your story and your advice. It's been a, a pleasure to learn about your story today. So thanks, Erin. Thank you for having me.